Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on March 13th, 2023. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department, and today I'm looking forward to chatting with equity research analyst Stephen Bolin. Stephen covers diversified financials, and today we will be discussing the Canadian financial sector as well as the recent news about Silicon Valley Bank in the U.S. Welcome, Steve. How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. It's been a busy uh, few days. That's, that's I for bet. Sure. Maybe, maybe not as much as our U.S. analysts uh, uh, that have been probably working very hard over the weekend. A lot little, of little shocking, I imagine, uh, come Thursday evening, Friday morning type situation for them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to say. Like, I, I think if you look back, go back a week, uh, certainly – there were warning signs, uh, okay. the things that were happening in the U S uh, and certainly it, it, um, accelerated, uh, and, and that can happen very quickly. We've seen it here in Canada, uh, very rarely, uh, where you get a run on the bank, uh, happened about six, seven years ago with two of our smaller banks, mm-hmm. home capital and equitable bank, uh, where they had some problems with, uh, you know, um, depositors taking out money, uh, at a quick pace. Uh, and that's sort of what happened uh, with, you know, several of these banks in the U.S. All right. Well, maybe let's just start there with the U.S. banks, since uh, as you mentioned, they're all it's all over the financial press and the press in general. But uh, maybe you can just give us a quick overview of uh, what happened there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, you know, again, I'm not a, I'm not the analyst on the stocks, but to me, it, it, it's bad regulation. To be honest, um, you know, Silicon Valley, its deposits. Uh, were mostly tech firms, uh, venture capital firms uh, that, you know, had really no ties um, in, in terms of duration, in terms of being locked in and ter- getting their deposits. Uh, and these companies are struggling. And so they're pulling their money out. And it's been going on, not just in the last week. It has been going on since probably the 12 months ago when the, when the tech market kind of crashed. Uh, so they have had outflows. Um, and, you know, that just accelerated in more recent days. Uh, on the other side, the bank, um, you know, was invested in mortgage-backed securities, a long-duration uh, securities where they weren't getting the yield. And so their net interest margin had become uh, quite thin. Uh, it wasn't being able to drive profitability. Uh, and the duration of those uh, mortgage-backed securities uh, were quite long. And so they weren't being able to renew them on a quick basis. We don't have things like that here. Um, I would say... Going back in history, there was probably one bank, uh, and we, you know, without a 40-year history of the banking in Canada, but we had one bank back in 2007 called Dundee Bank. It had less than two billion of assets, uh, and it had customer deposits. But on the other side, it was invested in mortgage-backed securities and asset-backed commercial paper. And at one point, uh, as the credit crisis started to loom, uh, those securities started to fail. And the regulator did not let the bank go under, but that bank was ended up ended up being sold to Scotiabank um, right. back in the, I guess it was 2007. So that was really one bank that uh, had, I would say, an improper balance sheet. And I think the regulators here learned um, that if, if they're going to give out bank licenses, uh, that it's got to have proper asset liability matching. Uh, the securities as well as the duration of uh, the the portfolios on both sides. Okay. Now, in terms of the Canadian market, um, I think we learned during the financial crisis and whatnot that 
regulations help. Uh, the Canadian market did, I guess, comparatively, uh, I don't want to say well or decent, but uh, stood up, I guess, a bit better. Um, so maybe we can just go over, you know, tier one capital levels and the liquidity within the Canadian banks and, and how that compares to the U.S., just to give a, an idea to, to the listeners. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look back at Canada, you know, the last banks that failed were, were in the mid-80s. And the government and the regulators have been doing much better, uh, like we just talked about, in terms of making sure that the banks are have the right types of deposits and also have the right types of assets, um, and also strengthening regulation. I mean, the one positive thing that we had here in Canada was a good portion of our mortgages were insured, um, you know, through the credit crisis. And so the Canadian balance sheet, the government balance sheet, was on, um, you know, protected us from from actually having any bank losses. Uh, or failures, and I think since the credit crisis, the uh, the regulators have been doing even more to protect the big banks, and so we have tier one ratios, uh, probably in the fourteen to sixteen percent range. If you look at the U.S. banks, even the large U.S. banks, that number is considerably lower, um, and so the, the the regulator here has made sure that one, uh, our our capital levels are higher, two that we have a sufficient amount of liquidity uh, baked. Uh, into the balance sheet as well. So you're going to see, you know, anywhere from five to 10% of a balance sheet of a bank uh, invested in liquid securities. They may not yield the most, but in the event there is uh, maybe pockets of deposits coming out, uh, the the banks are going to have the balance sheets to protect uh, against a run on the bank, so to say. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of contagion um, with what's going on in the U.S. and specifically with uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, um, is there a risk that spreads to Canada and into our sector at this stage? There, there's always a risk when you're when you're a deposit taker uh, that the deposits don't renew or they or they go away. Uh, I think the Canadian banks are are certainly. Um, you know, being aware, I would, I would say the customer service is being quite strong right now to make sure uh, that retailers know, retail deposit holders know uh, they are protected. Um, you know, I talked to Canadian Western Bank today. Uh, they had had no, you know, any, no kind of uh, change in the deposit taking um, behavior. Uh, it would be similar with the other banks, I would say, but customer service is probably very important today. And so right. there, there's always a risk, but I think, um, again, uh, Silicon Valley, th- their deposits and even Signature Bank were not uh, consumer, you know, uh, you know, down in the U.S. It's FDIC insured. Uh, here we have the CDIC, which uh, insures um, the deposit holders. And so I'd say the banks are doing a very good job at just making sure that they're holding on to those deposits and letting them know uh, there's no risk to them in terms of losing their money. And as you became more aware of what was going down uh, in the U.S., um, are there any metrics you're monitoring more closely? You bring out the old calculator a little more often, maybe uh, today, and uh, figure things out. We, you know, we we kind of have a, a because most of the loans uh, that you know our banks are you know it's residential, single family, maybe it's multi-unit residential. There, you know, all the banks do have commercial. Um, we tend to look at uh, you know for for most of the banks. Uh, unemployment, uh, unemployment rates, uh, which, you know, do come out once a month, but we're always looking for news on unemployment. We're always looking for loan to values on uh, when the banks report, whether it's the big banks or the, or the mid-sized banks. 
uh, in terms of what's happening, especially with house prices down, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 percent, depending on the region. Uh, so pressure on housing prices is something we look at that the, the portfolio is conservative. And really what that means, if the bank has to repossess, uh, that they can get their money out and they wouldn't take a loss on the loan. Uh, but most of the management teams you talk to at the banks will say unemployment is, is the real key, bankruptcies, things of that sort. Uh, and those are the, the, the major metrics that we look at um, just to make sure that, you know, single family, uh, you know, industry is still you know, comfortable and it's, it's still thriving. Okay. Uh, let's switch more Canadian focus now. Um... In terms of financials in Canada, how are they responding to the current interest rate environment? Obviously, rates went up really quick. Um, now we're on pause, uh, maybe more in the future, who knows? So um, how's the sector handling that? Yeah, there's there's a slowdown in, in housing activity, uh, for sure. I mean, housing prices have gone down. Uh, we're also seeing that the, the number of housing uh, transaction has slowed as well. And so... The beauty of what happens here in Canada is that if you have a, a mortgage with a bank, they'll tend to renew it, even with a higher rate. And so that contributes to people just staying in the same house. Maybe if they were thinking of moving, uh, they're not going to do that. But what we did see in the recent, with the big banks reporting recently, that there is a portion of their portfolios where uh, the mortgage is not uh, paying off any principal. Uh, it's only paying the interest. And even to a point where uh, that loan amount is increasing as, um, you know, your, your mortgage payment is still not even covering uh, the interest portion. Right. But I would say that through the credit crisis, um, you know, optics for Canada for in the banking sector are very, very important. Um, I would say the government has been very um, clear to the big banks. Uh, they don't want to see a rash of repossessions. Uh, they want to help Canadians. And, you know, so I, I don't think we're in the same sort of um, have the same issues as, as something in the U S the, the Canadian banks are going to protect the, the Canadian uh, you know, consumer uh, and work with them and try and, you know, basically lo- look to get them another mortgage uh, and ways for them to make it affordable. And as you mentioned, there's always a risk, um, but there doesn't seem to be a big worry right now um, from what you're saying that Canadian consumers are not going to be able to service their mortgages at least um, what about loans? I, I think it's pretty much the same, but the most the most important um, is definitely somebody's mortgage. Uh, you know, in in terms of what's happening with the big banks, and so you know, personal loans are probably something that you know we'll look at credit cards, uh, you know, unsecured, uh, you know, home equity lines, um, but it all flows in into the same uh, ability to pay, and uh, and though we have seen debt rising with consumers, the banks are going to be very uh, good with consumers to, to make sure that, you know, they can continue to pay loans or mortgages. Now, um, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, one of the big wor- worries would be employment. And obviously, the financial sector, financial services sector in Canada um, is a huge employer. Any concerns that they're going to start cutting back staff? I, I think the, the one thing, again, optics play a very big part of um, the Canadian banks and the government, um, they are almost like utilities, the big five or big six, as you as you may want to include number six. Um, and so if anything, the the banks would just hire slower. Uh, right. you know I mean? There's not going to be mass layoffs, in my opinion, because um, that's a, optically, that's just not good for the banks. And listen, they're very profitable here in Canada. 
Um, and they know that, you know, when they're making billions of dollars of profit, um, you know, if, if they have 3% too many employees, well, you know, it's basically suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> so Wait for I, some I, retirements. Exactly. And I think that that's been happening over time. We've seen the big banks, especially uh, invest a lot more in technology, uh, trying to get more digital. They're all coming out with digital apps that you can bank online. Uh, even the smaller banks are doing that now. It's, it's fairly competitive, but um, you know, it's shifting talent away from maybe traditional tellers to um, technology people in, in the background to, to run all the different systems. And, just lastly, what would you leave uh, investors, Canadian investors looking to go in this sector? What would, what would you tell them right now? I mean, I, I would certainly, with it, if you're looking for, for stocks, uh, I don't think, um, you know, today, if you bought on the open, you're, you're losing money. I'd be, you know, I would, as time goes on, uh, the U.S. government gets their hands around the, the weaker banks. Uh, the Canadian banks are, are all going to be putting out press releases and, and ensuring uh, consumers that they uh, you know, there's really no, no risk of them uh, going under. And I think over time then, uh, maybe not this week, but certainly next week, these are going to be great stocks to own. Um, they've all come down. The, you know, it's a sea of red for the last three or four days in, in financials. Uh, and there's going to be opportunities to, to make money uh, on these stocks going forward. Especially over the long term, I would imagine. Uh, Canadian banks have, and financial uh, insurance companies have done pretty well over the years. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, when they're when they're cracking a billion dollars of profit, almost a quarter, um, it's it's a pretty good indication that uh, they've got things pretty pretty well here in Canada. Well, awesome! Thank you for taking the time today, Steve. That's a lot of great information. Really appreciate the overview, especially around the start, what's going on in the U.S. And I hope you'll join us again. Yeah, anytime. Um, and again, if uh, our clients have any questions, I'm certainly available to to respond. Excellent. Uh, reach out to us at the Advantage Investor Pod at RaymondJames.ca. Subscribe to the Advantage Investor on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please contact your advisor with any questions you have. On behalf of Raymond James and the Advantage Investor, thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well. podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. Securities related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund.